Hello, beautiful beings. Welcome to Let's Create the Revolution Together, a podcast about creating new ways to embody ourselves as human. If you're here, you're probably well aware of all the shifts that are happening on our planet. Maybe you go with the flow with those changes, or maybe you're struggling to find who you truly are. Either way, this space right here is for you. My name is Marigold Era. I'm an Ayurvedic wellness coach, a spiritual life coach, and a podcaster. I am here to guide you through this reality that we can call the Earth School. I strongly believe that we are here to create new ways to show up as individual and as collective, and that every experience that we encounter is an opportunity to grow and evolve. So grab yourself something to drink, make yourself comfortable, and let's jump right into the next episode. Hello, my beautiful beings. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to meet an amazing woman. But just right before we meet her, I wanted to talk about the rebranding of Let's Create the Revolution Together, um, which is happening first new moon of January 2024. Uh, we're going to have so much fun. There's going to be a launch party. We're going to have a lot of fun. I, I promise. <laughs> um, so one thing that we're going to talk a little bit more about on the newest version of this podcast is going to be motherhood um, and raising our kids but not just that, but the legacy of what we leave into this world. So some of us will leave kids, some of us will leave businesses, some of us will leave art. Um, it's all about that. It's all about like bridging that legacy, right? Um, so the reason why I want to talk about that is super simple, is that I've dedicated the past 12 years of my life to my children. Um, I've been unschooling them. Uh, and the reason that I chose this, this lifestyle, that we chose this lifestyle here was for us to experience more freedom and to get to know us better, to get to know one another better and for our kids to get to know themselves better. Um, so I'm pretty excited to talk more about that because this has been my life and I haven't really got the time to showcase that. So I'm pretty excited to show it to you in this new phase of Let's Create the Revolution together. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to leave you with your amazing episode. If you want to support this podcast, please rate it on uh, Spotify with stars or on Apple Podcasts with a review. Um, I will gladly appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can always like drop a comment, put a like on there. Um, and I will gladly answer all your, your questions in the comment or reply to your comments anyway so uh yeah so thank you so much for being here i appreciate your your presence in my life and i'm gonna leave you to your episode enjoy hello beautiful beings today on let's create the revolution together i'm having a conversation with deirdre selby 
So this woman used to be a teacher in the public school system of Compton, California. But she wasn't your conventional teacher. So with her pink or purple or blue hair and her crystals all over her desk, she was a very original teacher. Uh, as some of you know, like I was never really into that school system, uh, even when I was very young. Um, but if I had a teacher like Deirdre, I'm pretty sure it would have put a bomb on my experience in that system. So recently, while the pandemic was happening, she actually left her job as a teacher and she's now in business with her son, Sean, who is diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And together, they learn how to see this form of autism in a very empowering way. Their mission is to help those who are awakening to their gift to do so with ease and grace. Of course, they use crystals. Uh, they also use meditation, astral projection, communication with the angels and guides, and all kinds of cool stuff like that in their practice. You can reach out to them on their website, uh, which is pretty fun to go on. So it's crystalenhancements.com. And Deirdre has also a big presence on Facebook. She has a, a few groups in there. Um, and so, yeah, she's very active in there. So you go ahead and uh, go in the description down below. The links are all there. So you can always click on those if that's something that interests you. Um, so here she is. Let's go. Deirdre Selby. <laughs> hey, Deirdre. <Hello. laughs> I'm so glad you're here today. Thank so you. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm very excited about this interview. I remember our pre-interview and it was like uh, just amazing. And as I said, like I have um I have not enjoyed my school years and when I've listened to how you were a teacher, it was just very um enlightening an enlightenment <laughs> for me. so many kids today our school systems are not created for our children it is really a sad situation yeah that we have not grown with our kids and this idea that every student is supposed to go to college is not serving us well. No, it's not. So many individuals, college is not where we belong. So I yeah. definitely did not choose to run my classroom in a standard <laughs> format. And I always believed that every single kid had their gifts, had their abilities, and could learn how to read. Yeah. And they can, right? It's just oh. a matter of how we uh, approach them, how we teach them. How we get them to process the information. One thing is most kids today... You know, a lot of people blame inattention on, well, we give them too many computers. We give them too much data too fast. We give them this. We give them that. 
rather than understanding that brains have changed, kids are evolving, they're different. Yeah. I'm 66. We were a different breed of human. We learned differently. Kids today, if you tell them, sit still, every synapse is firing on keeping my body still. Yes. And there are none left for learning. <laughs> so if they're walking around the classroom, then they don't have to think about sitting still. Mm -hmm. And then there's brain power to learn. That's such a great observation. So mine was definitely not <laughs> a room where you'd walk in and find <laughs> 30 kids sitting in rows. <laughs> and what grade were you teaching? I taught usually second or third grade. Okay. So they were they were pretty young still. Usually seven and eight. Yes. And they, they really need to, to move at that age. And especially that younger generation, which, as you said, they're so different. Their brain isn't the same. Uh, their reactions are the same. The way they learn isn't the same. It isn't at all. And then I had a dragon full of crystals in his, its heart. <laughs> and if they were really having a meltdown... Rather than sticking them in the corner, they sat with the dragon, hmm. which would calm them. Yeah. And if we were taking a test, they had pieces of fluorite at their desks because fluorite balances the body, <laughs> balances the hemispheres of the brain. They'd have to sit down to take a test. You can't walk around and write. <laughs> but I'd give them the support that they needed. And unfortunately, in today's school system, it is test, test, test. Right. And yeah, I couldn't that, get around that. No. No. You still had to do that. Right. You've seen the change in. Uh, in the system and in the kids, like both things changed, but they're not changing uh, in agreement together. <laughs> and right. The school system is getting more and more rigid. Yes. And the kids are getting more and more fluid. Right. <laughs> so it's. Yeah. It brings a disconnect. I very much so. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit on the impact that uh, that rigidity brings into the children? You know, the saddest thing in the world is where a seven-year-old comes to you and says, I don't need to try. I can't learn. I'm Aww. just totally stupid. Oh, So there is, I don't need to try anymore. I already know. I can't learn. I am stupid. So mm -hmm. why should I bother? Right. So the first step you need to take is to convince that 
little person that they are amazing and wonderful. Mm. And that just because reading, and that's where all the stress is, isn't their number one gift. Mm. That they can break dance like nobody else. <laughs> or they can tie everybody's shoes. Or they can teach this mess who can't keep their room clean for anything in the world. <laughs> they can keep my classroom clean in ways that I have no way of doing. <laughs> and that these gifts are every bit as valuable as yes. the student who is already reading at a fifth grade level. That just because it's not a school skill doesn't make it not valuable yeah especially today right for like from what i understand like i don't know if i mentioned that to you but i'm actually unschooling my kids because that system isn't suited for them and i know that deeply in my heart and and i can see how differently they are learning from one another you know like i have three girls here and none of them are learning the same way. <laughs> right. So I can't imagine being in a classroom with 30 or like 20 people that are not learning in the same way and trying to push something onto them. It's just like, of course, it brings chaos and, and right. disempowerment. And try to make and... them all do it the same way. Yes. One of my favorite things to do, and this mainly worked in math, was to have if there was something where one or two kids got it and the others didn't was to have the kids that got it come up and teach it. Mm, they inevitably taught it differently than I did. Yes. And with each person that would come up and teach it, more of the kids would get it. Yes. That's amazing. And it was so empowering. Yeah. That not only teacher could teach. Yeah. Now it reminds me, I just have to say something about that because my oldest daughter, she's 12, and she has this inner teacher that's very strong. And she actually tried school for two months in second grade because she wanted to see. Uh, if I was telling the truth <laughs> about the school system. So she wanted to experience that for herself. And then she went in the system and she was actually uh, very involved in wanting to help other because that's how she is. And when the teacher were like punishing her for that, she was like, this makes no sense. Like I'm used to helping other people. This is what I do. I, it doesn't matter if I'm seven, if I'm 12 or if I'm five, this is what I am. And she was like, it was very foreign for her not to be able to actually just help another being, you know? Yeah. Um, I tried. I, there were occasions where they just have to be quiet. I mean, if you're in a test, you can't help anybody. Right. But I always had the kids set up. I never had my desks in lines. They were always in groups. Right. And I always had. Now, there were kids that never wanted to help anybody and that's yeah. just who they were their gifts were in other areas 
but I always had the helper kids with the need help kids because mm -hmm. generally they could reach them in ways that I couldn't. Yes. Now they had to also get their own work done. They couldn't spend all their time helping and not doing their work. Right. Because sometimes it was more fun to help and talk and they had to be <laughs> on topic. They couldn't just be sitting chatting. Yes. <laughs> it teaches them teamwork though and responsibility and owning yes. their gift. It's, it's so important to know who you are, to know your gifts, and to be able to bring them forward. Well, and one of the greatest strengths that we are not taught to use is asking for help. Mm, right. You know, we're always taught that if you have to ask for help, you're weak. Mm. That if you have to ask for help, you're not good enough. Right. It's not but true. When you can ask for help, that is one of the strongest things you can do. Yes. To be willing to ask somebody to help you. Mm. That is such a strength. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love I love the work you did with those kids. And I don't know, it's... I don't know if what you think about that, but would you say that if every teacher were doing not what you were doing, but bringing themselves more as you were doing, you were bringing yourself more as yourself in the in the classroom? And would you say that if all the teacher were doing that, it's it would really, actually really change? Hard. It right. is really really hard to do that. You are in trouble constantly. Mm. Because you are bucking the system. Right. You have to be willing to be written up. You have to be willing. It makes it really hard to change jobs. It makes it really hard to move to any other district. Mm. It makes it really hard to even stay within the school that you're at. Because... You have to be willing to be on the line all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it becomes like it just shifted into like being in a fight mode all the time. Yeah. That's exhausting. It is very exhausting. And it was at the point where I retired, it was a really tough decision because I loved those kids so mm -hmm. much. And when we hit COVID, the fight was going to get so astronomical because the things that were being asked of teachers would have made it even more difficult to have that right. autonomy. Mm -hmm. And I could not do what I needed to do within the confines of what were being imposed upon my job. Mm -hmm. I was very lucky. I was old enough to retire and I had an amazing business. It was very, very tiny, 
and not fully formed, but it had the prospect of becoming something amazing. Yeah. So I took the option to help in a different way. Yes. Yes. I'm always saying that it is just so hard to to change that system. I mean, it's like it is it is very strong. It is very like they have the laws behind them. They have like it's it's all built around that. Like the whole society is built around those system, whether it's the medical system or the the educational system, whatever it is. Like this, the whole society is built around that. And so for me, that's why I called my podcast. Let's create that revolution because I feel like we need to create something other than that instead of always trying to fight that system because I it's. I don't think we can actually win against the system. That's why we need to create something else. That's how I think. I don't know if I you... Think uh... that as the kids that we're teaching today come up into power, also we're moving in, and you're right, we're creating a whole new... I, I see it kind of like, it's hard to describe, but a little bit like the current, my age. We're a little bit like toddlers. Our <laughs> energy is very me, me, me. Mm. We're, many of us are the 1%. We're very focused on accumulating on having, on yeah. controlling. There are many of us that are waking up. I, As I download it, that was not the plan. Hmm. The plan was to come up with those that are about 40. More your age. 40. <laughs> that you were the ones that were going to change the world. <clears throat> But it needed to happen earlier. It mm -hmm. needed to happen faster. So they're waking up those that are more like me <laughs> to come in to help you, to pave the way, to bring it right. in faster. Yes. Well, the more, the merrier. <laughs> Absolutely. It's really tough. Now, I got, I was really a precursor. I've mm -hmm. been weird all my life. Um. But it's really tough when you talk to those that are my age that, and even older that are being woken up because it is such a weird change for them to come into the I am from the this is who I am, my job, my this outside identity to an inside identity. Yes. It is such a shift, such a change. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's bringing, I don't know, my grandmother is uh, 80. And I don't know, lately she started to, um, 
bring herself more forward, but it feels like it's very painful for her to yeah. say, you know, I, I always wanted to be in school. Like she wanted to be a teacher, but she, in, in her time, she had to leave school and take care of her family. And because she was the older uh, daughter, so she had to take care of the, the rest of the 13 kids. Right. <laughs> and so, but she... You can see, like, when she's talking about that, it pains her to realize that she want, she actually wanted to have a different life, but she she felt like she couldn't have it. Like, it wasn't meant for her, if I can say that. But I can see her, her pain in her face or hear her, her struggle in her voice when she's talking about that. And, like, she has this kind of sadness about it when she's speaking about that and she's speaking about that more and more every day. And so I feel like it's, it's beautiful, even though it feels kind of foreign for her. Right. To, to acknowledge that there is a piece of her that is aware that she had something else to give. Yes. Yes. And sometimes she's, she transfer her need, well, her past need to go in school into my kids that aren't going into school. <laughs> and so she's like, oh, I, I would have really liked to, to go in school. And I, I'm kind of sorry for your kids that they're not going into the school system. And I'm like, well, you know, like this thing that you're wanting or the, the thing that you wanted to have that was very unique to you. That's what they have. Like they have what they're, what is unique to them. So, but it's not in school. It's just not presenting for them as going to school. <laughs> and they are still getting all the learning. Yeah. It still won't prevent them from, if they decide they want to be a teacher or they want to be a scientist or they want to be the fact that you're unschooling them doesn't mean they're not getting hopefully yeah the <laughs> they, they are getting the learning they're just getting it at their own pace and in a different way according to how they like to to learn so like my oldest daughter will learn how to read while she's gaming and those those kind of internet game that you have to read a lot because there's like all kinds of backstories and you know, so she's reading them I had what well, that was one of my favorite ways with the kids that didn't want to read. Yeah. Was I had a game that I used to have them play. Yeah. Why did I get in trouble for that one? <laughs> but I used to have them play. And in order to play it, they had to be able to read what to do. Yeah. And they were so excited to play this game. <laughs> game the teacher actually gave them homework to go home and play a game <laughs> they would spend however long it took to figure out how to read what to do <laughs> next i love that because they are learning through games much yes. more than by sitting and like my oldest daughter she will never open a book she got traumatized by me because i had the pressure of the government like pushing that into me like she has to learn she's six she has to learn and i was like well 
shit. Like I, I was like at the beginning of this journey, I was, I was like, oh my God. All right. So I, I have to sit her down and try to put some knowledge into her. And I realized very quickly that it wasn't working, but it still traumatized her into like just going to the libraries and uh, just opening a book. And it, it got back to her later on when she was wanting to play those games and she realized that she actually needed to read. And she discovered that reading in English, because we used, we're speaking French in our house, and when she discovered that reading in English was way more fun and way more easier for her, for her brain, she just like unlocked that potential and she started to read all kinds of stuff because yeah. it, she was ready she she wanted to learn that she had the interest of learning it and she knew that we were always open to letting her going through her own process and she had like our support and we trust her and that is um that is the way they learn by by being supported in no matter what they want to learn and, yeah, and it's very empowering for them yeah so they get the learning they just get it in a different way and sometimes it can be hard for people that are actually in the school system to understand that they're getting the knowledge. They're not behind. They're just, they're ahead in so many other areas. They're just it's like... Not only reading in math. Yes. Life is more than reading and math. Yes. It's like discovering who you are. It's like, like my, my oldest daughter is like super intellectual. So for her doing research got like, she got that really quickly. She was like, all right, so I got this thing called the internet and I can have all the, the answer that I want. Let's go, you know, but my other daughter is more physical. And so she will learn, like, if we are uh, telling like the alphabet, by throwing a ball she will get that really quickly and will just like imprint in her but if i was yes exactly but my my oldest daughter if i would try to do that she would be like no way <laughs> you know just like nope <laughs> not happening <laughs> so they're all different they're all and to get to know them to let this door open like for me that's one one way of creating the revolution because they're the next one that are going to be know, in front funny, of. Because the same is true now in my spiritual world. Yes. Everybody, every single person has spiritual gifts. A lot of people think I can't do that. That's <laughs> not me. A lot of times people go, well, Spiritual gifts are your clairs. You, you can see things. You can hear things. You can. But every single person has spiritual gifts. They don't always fit into the usual boxes. Yes. And so it's really important when you go trying to discover where your gifts are and what they are that you don't have preconceived notions that, oh, I'm going to hear voices or, <laughs> oh, I'm going to see things. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm going to just know things. Yeah. Or maybe I'll smell things that you don't decide what it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. You just got to keep yourself open to really 
possibilities. Open. Yes. Because yes. it can be so different. I've got one client who feels tingles when things are coming in. Yeah. And for the longest time, he would say, well, I'm not really getting anything because all I ever feel are these tingles. <laughs> and at this point, we've, he, I, for some reason, he decided to stick with it. And we've been working together for like three years now. And now he is like this powerhouse that deals <laughs> with light codes and love codes. Amazing. But for the longest time, he would say, well, I kind of feel like tingles on my top of my head. Or why can't I ever see anything or, or hear anything or, <laughs> you know, why won't they do anything in a way that I can understand it? <laughs> yeah by by being open that's how you understand those those messages right yeah i love that it, it, i love that or other people go well i get these horrible pictures and i don't want this anymore turn it off right <laughs> sorry <laughs> You, the way to get it is to lean into it. And then it, once you understand it, it won't be scary anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who was like tapping into stuff that were like a little bit darker. And she got super scared and she wanted to cut it off. But it wasn't it was cutting in like it was just not happening. It was it was still coming in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, she was scared all the time. And I was like, why don't you just lean into it? Why don't you just like keep curious, keep your curiosity alive? You know, you might be surprised of like what's going on on the other side of the darkness. Right. Right. It's probably not really dark. It's probably a super gift you have to bring in light. Yeah. It yeah, I looks that. dark because you're only getting a part of the picture. Yeah. Yeah. If you shine light onto it, like it's, it might change. <laughs> yes. Amazing. You want to talk a little bit about your son and your, your business together? Like this is such a big part of your life. And I oh. really love the way you were talking about uh, Asperger syndrome because I, I, I used to, to work in special ed and those kids were special. Like even like back then, like 20 years ago, they were, they were already like super highly focused on something that made a lot of sense for them. And the way they were talking about it, it was just uh, very intriguing for me. And I was like, how, how do you know all of that? <laughs> they just you know, knew. John is 28 right and he is still hyper focused <laughs> when he was now the new term which i've learned is neurodivergent yes i love that term <laughs> and i i do love it and i don't love it right because it is 
still divisive. It's them and us. Right. And I really don't think that they, I think that what this is, is this next stage in human evolution. Yes. They are what we are becoming. Yeah. They are not neurodivergent. They are the next stage in human evolution. And mm. all humans will end up being neurodivergent. Yes. Yes. That's just the beginning of that, right? right. And it's going to show up in different ways too. Like it, it doesn't mean that we're all going to be on the spectrum. Oh, it's all sorts of different ways. I yes. really see it as superpowers in different ways. Yeah. And they are going to end up creating super groups where they can create absolute magic <laughs> together that they will find their, I, I call it a pod. It will probably end up with a different name, <laughs> but that they will create their pod where their skills, their abilities link and you put them together, the right group, and they can just create total magic. Nice. <laughs> because they each will have, one will have this ability, another will have that ability, another will have. <laughs> and it's just like superpowers that come together so that one is super connected, another is super intelligent, Another has super physical abilities. Another is emotionally able to handle the stress at a level that, and when you put them all together, one will have a business acumen. Another, and you yeah. just put them together, and, and then they will bond into an impenetrable force. I love that. I love that. I, I, I've seen something not exactly like that, but I've seen something where um, that revolution will come as we regroup because yeah. like we're, I feel like, especially right now and after the pandemic, I feel like a lot of people are still like by themselves and like struggling in that loneliness. And we were at that point where it's, started to shift where we need to come together absolutely and through things like your podcast and the internet the world is so much smaller yeah it's no longer the giant place that it was when i was a kid right <laughs> Yeah, we so, have the world like at our fingertips right now. Like we, back in the days, like we're so far away, we would have never met. And yeah. with, with the internet right now, like I'm meeting so many amazing people that I've, I thought that I was by myself and alone for like almost 40 years, right? <laughs> and now it's just like opens up into like um, infinite possibilities. <laughs> like Absolutely. My son, when he was a child, had all these friends that we could not see. <laughs> we, we had a choice. We could tell him that these friends did not exist. 
Right. Or we could try to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And we decided to try to figure out what was going on because he was absolutely convinced that we were being super rude (laughs) and ignoring his friends. And so we started trying to figure it out. And it turns out my son, and still at 28, he sees across the veil as clearly as if the people that have passed are there. He has to (laughs) distinguish whether he is talking to someone alive Mm. or someone dead. Do you know how he does it? Uh, how, how can he different? Like, how can he make the difference? How do you know? I think he asks them. All right, <laughs> straight up, just <laughs> straight up. Yeah, not why not? But when he was little, he didn't understand that they were uh-huh. dead, and he did right. not understand that we could not see them. So. It took a while, years, but we decided Mm. to play along rather than deny his reality. Yeah. And when he was seven, he got diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. And the doctors wanted to give him medication. And I went, no way in hell. (laughs) (laughs) And... We were still looking and his father and I split up Mm. and I started dating a gentleman from Japan and they have a very different point of view. Yes. And he said, you know what? I think he sees people from the other side. And I went, oh my God. It's just like, the light went off and I went, oh my God, you're right. He does. <laughs> it's just like, once he said it, I knew it. Hmm. And by the time Sean was nine, he and I were signed up with a spiritual teacher. Because you don't drop off a nine-year-old autistic kid with a spiritual teacher. <laughs> they don't take them. No, that's for sure. <laughs> and I had... At about age 12, I had taken my gifts and turned them off. Yeah. I had had an encounter with something coming through a mirror Hmm. and fighting it back through. And knowing that I didn't dare tell anybody Mm -hmm. that scared me to death. Right. And I turned mine off. So here I am, 45, with a kid that absolutely needs his gifts honed. And he Mm -hmm. needs to understand what's going on. So I need to allow mine back out. And we started our journey. Mm -hmm. And for years and years, I was Sean's backup. I... My gifts were solely there because my son was amazing and he was connected and he was, and he needed me to do this so that he could be everything he was supposed to be. 
And then Diana came into our lives. And Diana has Nuanon syndrome, chronic vomiting, cyclic vomiting. Oh my God. And her mom, she was one of, her brother was one of my students. Hmm. And her mom came in one day in tears. The doctors, she was in and out of the hospital. The doctors had told her that there was nothing more they could do. And Diana was seven. Oh my God. And I went to Sean and said, Sean, we've got to do something. I love this little girl. I love this family. You're the best healer I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and he said, but mom, you know, we send Diana healing and it bounces right back. And I said, well, Sean, read her blueprint. Did she come here to die? Hmm. And he went in and he said, mom, her blueprint says she did not come here to die. Hmm. And I said, okay, Sean, then how can we get her to accept healing? He said, I don't know. You know, <laughs> at this point he's what? 16, 18. <laughs> and you know, and remember, he's got Asperger's syndrome. Right. <laughs> so he's extraordinarily connected. He's extremely able to connect, but he has all the communication issues. Yeah. Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> I said, well, ask. So he asks, and they said, well, mom, they tell me if we put the healing into crystals, she'll mm. accept it. Accept it. I said, okay, well, how do we do that? And he said, I don't know. Ask. <laughs> So he asks, we take a little rose quartz, we put it on an altar, we stand around with, we go through the ceremony, we leave it on the altar overnight, and I call my Catholic parent, <laughs> and I say, I have a very special crystal that the angels have blessed and they say that if Diana keeps it with her, she will start to get better. And my Catholic parent comes in and grabs the crystal. And I say, please don't tell my principal. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how a public school principal would? <laughs> and she takes the crystal home and she gives it to Diana. And she comes back on Friday and she's again in tears and she says, Miss Selby, Miss Selby, Diana didn't go to the hospital this week. That's amazing. And she didn't go to the hospital the next week. And Diana started high school. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad for her. Yes. And I just did a post on it the other day and her mom posted a picture. I, we keep in touch, but posted a picture of Diana and says, Oh God, I remember those dark, dark days. <gasps> and somewhere along the way through this, Sean and I ended up with a different mentor who looked at me and said, Deirdre, you are not simply Sean's backup. You have your own gifts. You hmm. have your own reason for being here and is, is not simply to stand behind Sean. Hmm. So 
now that we're in the circle, you start contributing. You start doing stuff. <laughs> and I will be forever grateful to Maria Lomelli. And I will give her credit. <laughs> and I started feeling into people and I started working with people. And today I have a number of gifts, but my greatest gift is if you come to work with me, my gifts will help you to realize your gifts in the greatest possible way. It doesn't matter if they're similar to mine or not. I can help you key in to what exactly you do the best. And I can take you wherever you need to go, whatever dimension, whatever timeline, whatever place in the space-time dimensional continuum that you need to connect to. That's amazing. Self online. <laughs> what an amazing gift that you have. And I'm not afraid of you being better than me. Hmm. Most of my clients are better in me than me at whatever <laughs> they do. <laughs> but they can't do what I do. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let me take it in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. All right. Um, Sean's gifts are very different. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sean. Well, one of the things that Sean does is Sean can feel in to any time that you have touches, connections, anybody who has is draining your energy, hmm. anybody that if you have any connections from the other side that should not be there. Right. One thing we both believe is that you never cut cords because when you cut cords, you lose learnings, hmm. but you can remove all the energies. You can remove their ability to drain you, to pull on you without hmm. cutting the cords that are attached to the learnings. Well, that's cool. That's very different from everything I've um, here. Usually that's interesting. Yeah, we, we have di very different. Most of our learnings come direct. Now, yeah. I have I am a Reiki master, so is Sean. We are Tai Chi energy healers, certificated. We ha are certificated auric energy medicine healers. But most of what we do is directly delivered. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing because this is this is what it's all about to show up as yourself no matter 
what the mainstream uh, is telling us. Even like, even in the spiritual world, there is like a mainstream, right? So you're oh. supposed to meditate. You're supposed to do Y and Z, oh, and you that's know, like Sean does. Yeah, Sean can show you your way to meditate. You know, that's so many amazing. people think that meditation means you sit down, you close your eyes, and right? you're silent. Your your body <laughs> has to be still. <laughs> and you have to quiet your mind. For so many people, it's just like trying to get that kid to sit down in the classroom. Yeah. You try to sit your body down and make it sit still, and then you can't meditate. Yeah. Sean can show you ways to meditate that you have never considered. That's he knows at least a dozen different ways to meditate that involve movement, that involve yeah. patterns. and Because meditation is not about sitting still. <laughs> meditation is about focusing the mind. And it can be through movement. It can be in so many ways. That is not my expertise. That is Sean's. <laughs> yeah that's amazing we all have our own little perks that we can bring out to the world yeah um sean is as i said and the other thing sean is so good at is if anything is connected to you that shouldn't be mm -hmm. sean knows it instantly wow and then we do fire integration ceremonies where he takes you into your Akashic records That's to find amazing. aspects of you that have disconnected through past lives and wow. future lives. Time is so fluid. Right. <laughs> But when you have had lives that have been traumatic in mm -hmm. some way, if you've had a life that was so hopeless that There was just no hope left. Hope may have taken off and gone to live in your Akashic records. Mm -hmm. If that happens in this life, it is practically impossible to ever fully pull in hope. So you need to go back and pull hope out of your Akashic records and bring it in. <laughs> We had one client who could never, no matter what she did, she just could not love herself. And she's an amazing woman. Well, one of the first times we went into her Akashic records, the being that presented itself to her, the aspect of herself, was self-love. <laughs> she would never have learned to love herself because that aspect of her was missing. It was right. sitting in her Akashic records. <laughs> So she pulled it in and the progress that she has made in learning to love herself, in accepting that she is a worthy and worthwhile person and deserving of being treated like such. Yes. Is phenomenal the difference it's been about 14 weeks we've been working together and the difference in her <laughs> face that's so cool 
Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. So some people are like, they'll pull in anger and they go, why would I want to pull in anger? Well, because now you don't need to be crazy angry anymore. Mm. Now you can be balanced with your anger. Yeah. That's so cool. if you've had a life where you've been like just crazy angry about everything, <sighs> it's because you don't have anger to be balanced with. Mm. So you don't know how to handle it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love how you can you can help those people to just be more themselves and bring that forward because that that's what the revolution is all about and i i think we can go ahead and talk about your your group we centric because this this is like it's very close to what we're doing here and so would you want to just explain a little bit what what was your process in opening this group you know we centric is a labor of love I have two groups. One is called Growing Your Spiritual Gifts. And that one is all about everything I've been talking about so far. Yes. And the other is my labor of love. And that is WeCentric. And that is about living from your heart. Hmm. It is about fully realizing the I. I am not a person who talks about eliminating the ego. The ego is absolutely required yeah we have to have an ego without the <laughs> ego we dissolve we no longer are yeah we we die we literally just die <laughs> yeah the ego is a requirement you've got yes. to realize your what your eye it's got to be fully realized and we can't leave anybody behind mm -hmm. so you have to realize your eye within the context of the we we can't have People, I have an amazing friend who has horrible environmental illness. Hmm. And her family has disowned her. They tell her she's pretending. I mean, this lady was a college professor. As if she'd give all that up in order to live in a 12-foot steel box with no money. Right. <laughs> feel horrible all the time. It's, you can't leave these people out on the street by themselves. Hmm. They have, they still have so much to give. They are the canaries in the coal mine. Mm -hmm. They're showing us that we're not taking care of our earth. It's all the pollutants. It's all the pesticides that we shouldn't be eating. Mm -hmm. If we don't take care of the we, all of us are going to end up with environmental illness. <laughs> it may not be you and me. It'll be our kids. It'll be their kids. Yeah. We won't have an earth to exist on. We-centric is we realize our I and we take care of our we. The people that are sick have so much they contribute. Hmm. 
nobody should be left out, left behind, left to suffer. There is so much abundance. I know people say that it's in the hands of the few and they don't share. It's up to us to change that, but we don't change it by going out and shooting people or by grabbing it away. We change it through love, through changing the vibration. One of the things I would love to change in the spiritual community is that we talk about love out loud. And then when you get into a closed container, it gets back to we versus them. Mm -hmm. It can never go back to we versus them. Yeah, that's like, that's separation. It's, It's not going to go this way for sure. We have to be we all the time. Love. Love has to rule. Yeah. Um, So it reminds me of one of my teacher uh, when I was studying uh, psychosociology and she was from Africa and in her community, it was all about the we, but without the high, right? So they were always like for the we without knowing who they were. And then she came um, in Canada (laughs) and then she was like, well, she was very lost because here it was all about the high, I without the we. It was yeah. just the I. So over there, it was just the we without the I. And over here, it was all about the I, but without the we. And I think that we need to melt, like to just bring those two together because yes. neither of those are the way that we need to go forward. Right. Neither one works by itself. You really exactly. need both the we and the I. Yes. Because if you're not realized within your eye, you're not going to stay committed to the we. Your friend left. If she'd been fully realized, your friend from Africa. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That we environment. Yes, exactly. She left. she She wasn't fully realized. Yes. So she went looking for more. Exactly. Uh, she was from Rwanda and Rwanda, Rwanda. How do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> so, and there was like the war over there and she decided to flew um, here to be safe because it wasn't working for her over there. And the whole, the whole society wasn't working for her there. And then yeah. coming here, she, she was really lost in just understanding social cues and like people aren't speaking to each other. They don't know each other. They live close together, but they don't communicate <laughs> together. That would be tough. And so um, that's why she started this, this program. And she was like the head of the department because um, she wanted to bring forward that. Hi, I, I am something. And we are something. And if I don't contribute to the we, it doesn't mean anything. You're just alone by yourself, wandering, right? It, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't 
bring something it doesn't bring change but if you're all stuck together like as a herd and just like moving always together like you feel uns unfulfilled unsatisfied but you don't really know and you just gotta suck it up because this is not yeah. the culture and so she saw that those two were the the way and that we needed to create something else where we can be embodying who we are and bringing that forward as a we and so if everyone is embodying who they truly are and like this is where like it relates to what we you were saying earlier with the pods because if i have my gifts online and your gifts are online and we're all together because my gifts are very different from yours and from theirs and for her and and so as we're all like but as we into that, together and we yeah. put them together all of a then, sudden we've got a complete whole Yes, and then we're we're powerful because by ourselves, yes, we have some powers, right? We do, but it's nothing comparing uh in like when we're actually together and like putting all of those you know, gifts together. One of the things we do is we work for the collective. Yes. And right now on earth, there are a lot of fires. Sean and I can go out and try to cool and balance the energies to help the earth. Mm -hmm. And we can have a little bit of an effect. The other day we call it a global energy work group. And we had eight amazing healers show up. Mm. And as a group of eight, the energy that we can put together with one person pulling in sun energy and love energy and another yes. pulling in water energy and another pulling in emotion code energy yeah. and balancing and another pulling in this and me with my gifts and Sean who actually does battle with anybody that is from other areas that are seeding these things. Yes. Um, we can make an impact. Yeah. And that's a power of a collective. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't talk as much about that type of work. But there are other groups out there that do this kind of healing work as well. Yeah. But these collective groups have a level of power mm -hmm. that when you put together healing energy from groups doesn't just multiply it is logarithmic right yeah i feel that too i feel that too it's like it's time to stop 
being in competition all the time because that's the one for the one you know like you're fighting for yourself and oh. so you have to compete with each other so you're you're stronger by yourself but then if we are it's, cooperating together it's all about cooperation yes it's all about cooperation i agree it's it, it doesn't matter how it shows up for me um it might be from spiritual gift it might be from something else like it could be from someone that can actually build stuff in the 3d world like and and you need that in your your yes. crew you know it, it it's not only you know, about the spiritual somebody who has the ability to clean my house is one right? of the most valuable people who can come into my world <laughs> uh you don't have to be college educated to be valuable Yes. You have to have a talent and an ability. And I say that because one of my least abilities, and, and my I'm not saying my house is dirty. We all work together and we keep it clean. <laughs> But it's not something I enjoy. And it's not a talent that it's something that I gladly would pay somebody to come <laughs> in and do for me fairly. You know, all of the crystals we sell are ethically sourced because you have to care for mama Gaia. Yeah. They're never going to be the cheapest that you're going to find mm -hmm. because you don't get ethically sourced crystals, the cheapest that you're going to find. Right. But if you want to care for our mother earth, you're not going to buy crystals that are mined by seven year olds. You're not going to mine buy crystals where people are paid 25 cents an hour mm. to carve them. Right. All of them go through that same process that Diana's had. Mm -hmm. So the energy channels on them are opened so that, and then they're aligned to your energy matrix so that <laughs> they fit you like a glove. <laughs> I create crystal prescriptions. Your angels and guides come in and talk to me. They tell me exactly what you need to support you. So when you get a necklace, it's yours. You don't tell me I want pink and purple. <laughs> I love that. You that tell is so me, cool. I want something to support me in reaching my angels and guides. I want something to support me because I suffer with depression and anxiety. I want something to support me because I have mm. trouble finding my personal power. And then I create that for you. That's amazing. What a great gift. But these things are done in cooperation with your angels and guides. I can't do it by myself. <laughs> right. And I can't do ethically sourced crystals without people that are out there willing to pay people a living yeah. wage to get the crystals right yeah it's all got to be in cooperation yeah i love that it's so true no matter how you're working no matter what you're doing it has to be together it has to be everybody that's bringing their gift whatever it is they they bring that forward so we can have a great result yes great offering 
great community where everyone can feel support and can feel like valid, right? So valued. No matter yeah. what you do, you bring value. Yeah. It's just a matter of owning up to that and understanding that first, maybe even, <laughs> but owning up to that. Stop questioning it. So. <laughs> and coming from the heart. Coming yes, and coming heart. from the heart. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. I want to I wanna advertise all that you are because you're amazing. So you have... So many stuff that is coming uh, pretty soon. I know that this episode is going to be uh, aired after that 30, 30 days challenge. But you want to talk about that? Sean, my son, is <laughs> running a 30-day Create Your Dream challenge. It will actually run in September. Yeah. It will be in our Facebook group, Growing Your Spiritual Gifts. And it will be in the guide, Create Your Dream Challenge. So you don't have to do it in September. You can do it whenever. It will be there for you. You start with day one and you go through day 30. Whenever you do it, if you need support, you can DM Sean or DM me and we will be there for you. That's amazing. And it's all free. All free. That's amazing. Yes. 30 days, you guys. 30 days. That's to, amazing. All free. And it's about beginning to create a dream. We don't expect you to have a castle in Scotland at the end of it. <laughs> and I'm here in California, so. <laughs> um, it is the steps you need to take to start working towards something. Yes. Because so many of us have dreams that have been sitting in our black back pocket for our whole lives that we have never acted on. Yeah. So. It's time. Um, somewhere, I think October 25th. And this will also be available on rerun. Or I will be doing a manifestation. Uh, what's the word? What's the word? Masterclass, which will be run again at other times. So if you're interested in that, just go ahead and let me know. And I will let you know another date that that will be available. Um, yeah. So yeah, just reach out. Like, I mean. And we are in the process of changing our name from Crystal Enhancements to Soul Enhancements. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yes. Yes. I love that. It is All right. much more inclusive. Yes. Of everything that we do. Yes. <laughs> and um, cool. And I I actually wanted to ask you one last question to finish this podcast because I always want to to finish the podcast with an advice for people. And so for you, I wanted to ask you what would be your advice for people that are kind of feeling lost at the moment 
in that change and that shift? Like, know that you are special, you have gifts, that your angels and your guides are there with you, whether you can feel them or not, that it is easiest to feel them in times of calm and hardest to feel them in times of stress. There is on my YouTube channel, there is a meditation called Angels and Dreams Meditation where you can go to your room to connect with your angels and guides. And I would love for anybody who would want to, to go ahead and enjoy it. Amazing. Thank you, Deirdre. I'm going to link that, uh, that video in the description down below. So if you guys are interested by this meditation, please go ahead and Click on the link and go ahead and meditate on that. Become that powerful pe person that you are. Amazing. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. And you are we'll, so we'll... welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs>